I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our 12 days of Christmas are drawing to a close. We have 10 lords a-leaping, 11 pipers piping, and 12 drummers drumming left to go. Slowly, Christmas decorations have started to disappear around the neighborhoods. 105.1 on your FM dial is back to playing the greatest hits of the 70s and 80s, at least until the first week after Halloween. It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, White Christmas, Christmas Vacation, and A Christmas Carol are placed back in the closet or the drawer until next year. The timeless voices of Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, and Perry Como are silenced for now. Commercialism, once again, makes a mockery of this season as all things Christmas are now 50% off. And Valentine's Day is the up-and-coming event on the local store shelves. The Christmas tree at my house, which has adorned our living room for weeks now, has stopped drinking water and is now a fire hazard. Every day I sweep up a new batch of fallen needles dropped by the once vibrant Fraser fir tree. The signs of endings are all around us. We still have a few days to go, yes, but the Christmas season is waning. The spring semester is upon us. Kids are about to go back to school and many are returning to work. For some, the end of the holidays may cause relief. For you, it seemed as if the holidays would never end. But finally, finally, the out-of-town guests are gone and the shopping and spending is over. The many meals have been cooked and consumed and finally you have time to come up for air just before you return to work. Then for others, the end of the Christmas season may cause sadness and it seems as if the holidays have come and gone like a shadow in the night. Maybe this is because having all of your children under your roof only happens this time of the year. Or this is the only time you see that beloved friend or family member who means so much to you. Maybe you feel in the dark once again because the lights and joy of Christmas are ending. Perhaps for you, Christmas truly is the most wonderful time of the year. And now that it is almost over, the next one seems so far away. As we enter recovery from the holidays and as the sun sets on the Christmas season, we reflect back over the past month or so on time spent with friends and family, time reluctantly spent with friends and family, or perhaps the time spent in the absence of friends and family. We think about the gifts given to us, the gifts we wanted but not given to us, the gifts we gave, and the gifts we passed up giving for one reason or another. We think about Christmases of yore, 
those traditions and people who were so much a part of them, and how both those traditions and people have died. We long for those traditions and those people and the immense joy that they gave us. We compare this Christmas to others in the past. Perhaps it was better. Perhaps it was worse. We think about this Christmas and what could have made it better. What was missing? What void were we hoping this Christmas would fill? What happened that could have made this Christmas perfect? What didn't happen that could have made this Christmas perfect? You see, each year we are in search of the perfect Christmas. We strive to make Christmas perfect because we believe that Christmases are supposed to be perfect. We work hard to make Christmas perfect, many times much to, their, much to our own detriment. When it is not perfect, we look back with disappointment on this season. On the other hand, there are some people that know very well that Christmas will never be perfect and have stopped trying. Those who come from broken homes, those who cannot afford to purchase any gifts or are struggling to put food on the family table, they have stopped caring about Christmas altogether, let alone achieving the perfect Christmas. We are in search of the perfect Christmas each year. But I believe we will never find it because it was never meant to be perfect. It was never meant to be a picture print from Courier and Ives. Maybe it is the commercialism of Christmas that gives us this false sense. Perhaps it's the commercials persuading you and me that the perfect Christmas exists if it looks or feels a certain way. Perhaps it is the stores persuading you that the perfect Christmas exists only if you give the perfect gift, which just happens to be from their shelves. Maybe it is the songs that speak of this being the most wonderful time of the year. Perhaps it is the seeming joy in those around us, that same joy which we long to have ourselves, even if it is only a mask for the hurt and insecurity that lies underneath. Or maybe, maybe the weather has to be below 60 degrees, in which case none of us here experienced the perfect Christmas. In our empty search for the perfect Christmas, I believe an understanding of what the first Christmas may have been like will give us some solace. The Gospel of Luke tells the birth of Jesus in such a tender and compassionate way that the author does a splendid job of covering up the real mess behind the birth of our Savior, which was nothing less than a scandal. Joseph recognized the magnitude of this scandal, and he tried to put Mary off quietly. Who can blame him? Mary becoming pregnant before marriage would have been the talk of the town, perhaps even the whole region. She would have been shamed and her life ruined. She would have not been able to go anywhere without being noticed or eliciting gossip. There were even laws making pregnancy outside of marriage punishable by death. During her pregnancy, she may have had to lay low for a while and not be seen. We are told that she visited her relative Elizabeth 
and stayed with her for about three months in the hill country. So it isn't as if she is out and about telling everyone, good news, everyone, I'm pregnant. It's a boy. And here's the kicker. It happens to be the Messiah we have all been waiting for. All of this together is cause for scandal, ridicule, punishment, and perhaps even death. Then, when it came time for her to deliver, remember that there was no room in the inn, even for a mother on the verge of giving birth. So Jesus was born in a lowly stable, exposed to the elements of weather and disease, surrounded by the sights, smells, and sounds of animals much more dirty and filthy than the animals in your creche would have you believe. And then he was laid in a manger, which no song can possibly describe as being comfortable. However, the songs and the stories we hear during this season make it seem as if that first Christmas was picture perfect, as if it was comfortable and all was right, as if the Savior had been born at Women's Hospital in Glowwood. And then we get to our gospel lesson today, which once again assures us that that first Christmas was nowhere near perfect. Not too long after the birth of Jesus, the Holy Family is on the run. They are refugees. Out of fear and jealousy, Herod is seeking to kill the newborn king, so they flee to Egypt for safety. They are strangers and foreigners in a land they do not know. Our God's first encounter with the evil in this world renders him an alien far from home, far from comfort, and familiarity, far from a seemingly perfect Christmas. In the classic novel, Little Women, Joe March grumbles, Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents. This is the first line of the whole book, and it tells us that Joe March, like all of us, is in search of the perfect Christmas. Her perfect Christmas is full of presents for which she does not receive because she is poor. So I ask you, what does your perfect Christmas look like? Did you receive it? Did this Christmas season leave you fulfilled or disappointed and still yearning for something more? No matter what this season looked like, no matter what void it did fill or what void it left, we all share one thing in common together. All of our Christmases, past, present, and future, from the first Christmas long ago to Christmas 2015, have given us the perfection of one thing and one thing only. Our salvation. The baby lying in the manger. He is perfect man. And He is perfect God who has come into the world so that we are made perfect. So, as the Lord's leap, the piper's pipe, and the drummer's drum to close out this season, remember that that first Christmas with all its blemishes and perfections, remember it and how it is woven into the fabric and the story of our own blemishes and imperfections. 
And my brothers and sisters search for the perfect Christmas no more. For it has already happened. Amen.